Mifton down. Mifton. Yeah. Um, Mifton Pete. Mifton Pete. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be Mifton Pete. Mift. Don't be Mifton Pete. I don't know. I don't know. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's a real world. I don't use it. 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 This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. It's episode 461. My name is Andrew. And with me today is my friend Taylor, and that's all the people that are on the fry pod today. Hello, Taylor. Hi. I feel like if it's a fry pod, you you got to say the numbers different. you got to give the people what they want. I know, but I'm super... I don't even say the numbers on any other episode, though. Oh, you don't? Okay. It's, it's the only episode. I'm just doing it out of protest because of Luke. Well, we'll say, save it for M and P'd. Oh, man. I'm so miffed at Luke right now. Uh, you can find us at dailythunder.com, Dash Radio, 5 o'clock Central Time. If you're listening, welcome to our show. We talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder are one game below 500, 12 and 13. Uh, still the second best defense in the NBA. Still the 22nd ranked offense in the NBA. Uh, they're coming off a victory against the Indiana Pacers that... You know, that that morning when I wake up, I'm like, man, Thunder are beating the Pacers tonight. <laughs> They're going to get killed by the Pacers tonight. Yeah, um, yeah. The defense really showed up. Uh, Paul George and Mello and Russ did not shoot the ball well, but the defense that night was incredible. Uh, and then the role players just stepped up. Like Patrick Patterson, now he's an NBA player. Uh, Alex Abrinas was amazing. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts from, from that game? Uh, it, it was it was the role players for sure because not only have the stars been inconsistent and just flat out bad for the last fifteen games for sure, um, but the role players haven't been there either. So there's been like no one to pick up any kind of slack. So we've been completely dependent on you know the, our main guys. But that game, I mean, to see Patrick Patterson and Abrinas shoot it well, and the other bench guys, frankly too. Um, shoot it well was really was surprising especially that patrick patterson three that was with i don't know five minutes four minutes left five minutes left when he was kind of fading away in the corner and paul george passes it to him and and he's not wide open i mean it's pretty contested too and he just swishes it and that is what that is exactly what we have not seen from patrick patterson this entire season you know he just physically looks better yeah, it looked it was I was surprised that he hit a jumper in that fashion. <laughs> like in some kind of athletic fashion at all. Right. You know? The the beginning uh, of the season he looked so heavy. Like he just looked like he had like weights on his ankles or something whenever he was moving around the court. Uh he does not look like that anymore. Defensively he looks so much better and then just him hitting shots is and he and he may miss all of his shots tonight, but still, like I think that we know that we're going to start getting a Patrick Patterson that can actually contribute to this team. Yeah, co- cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> That's right. uh, Stephen Adams, twenty three points, thirteen boards, nine offensive boards, uh, which basically nine offensive boards tells you like, wow, he's a great rebounder, and two, wow, they missed a lot of shots. <laughs> to get nine offensive boards you have to miss a lot of shots uh, but he was an absolute monster uh, against the Pacers and you know made Miles Turner you know look pretty bad that night but it was he was amazing yeah he was so awesome he, I mean he's been the best player this year yes and he's clearly the third best player and i think there was some debate about that to start the season like uh you know i think it's mellow but you know maybe it could be steven adams like it's it's like not even close right now yeah yeah he has a 21.9 per right now which you would never i would have never expected that from adams yeah i mean he's they just need to use him more and fred talks about this a lot a lot of people talk about this a lot. They just go away from him. They start the game, and you're like guaranteed to get yourself like at least two Adams buckets in the first quarter. And then moving on, like it just continues to go away, and his opportunities are basically if Russ misses. And 
you know, it's, I don't know. They, they need to go to him more. I think they need to go to him in the fourth. I think they need to diversify a little bit as they go throughout the game, especially when those dudes aren't shooting well. And I know that Russ and Mello don't see their shooting numbers when they take their next shot and they don't think about them. Uh, but I think they probably should, and they should probably mm-hmm. use Steven Adams more. Uh, I, I do think that at some point Steven Adams will have his first 30-point game, and I think that it's going to be when they decide to go to him. I don't think it's going to be tonight against Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid is such a beast on the defensive end and clearly just an offensive monster as well. Um, But I feel like we got one coming soon. Yeah, it's definitely going to happen. I'm looking at offensive rate or net ratings right now. Yeah. Have you looked at Steve's lately? Mm Mm-mm. He's um, a plus 23 in net rating. Yeah. He has an offensive rating of 126. Oh. Yeah. And that's like easily the highest. The next behind him is, well, Jeremy Grant. But I mean, like the big three are like 102, 104, 102. And then Steven Adams, 126. Wow. That that is crazy. That is crazy. We expected him to be. Um, a way better defensive player this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think we expected him to contribute this much to an offense that has Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony on it. You know, right? The te- and the team would be screwed if he wasn't this guy. I mean, they would be absolutely screwed if he didn't have the offensive rebounding ability and his ability to block out. I mean, his he sets the tone with the physicality on this team. And, you know, they, they maintained a really good defense without Robertson the other night. And uh, it's because of Steven Adams and his physicality and, the, and just the way he plays the game. He's, he's the perfect complement to these guys. And when they start making shots, and I think they will, I think it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think it will happen. When they do, they're going to be able to steamroll some teams because they do have a guy like that who can clean up messes um, and can get his own bucket. His, that floater... That's one of like the most automatic shots in the NBA right now. Um, it's it's crazy the kind of offensive you know, game that he has. I just I, I didn't see it coming. Uh, maybe some people thought they did, but you know he's really living up to that contract that he has, and you know I'm sure that sports talk radio people are super happy about it. Yeah, and I'll tell you this: no one thought this would happen. So the the Pacers game. Um, field goals made from Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook combined 10 field goals made, yeah. okay, between the three of them. Steven Adams had 11 field goals made that game. <laughs> no one thought that would – literally no one would have ever said that would have happened one time. Right. Ever. Exactly. Ever. <laughs> Once in like the next 10 years will this happen, the answer would be uh, no. <laughs> no, it will – no, it wouldn't. <laughs> Oh, man. The Thunder, they did a few things that were really impressive. One, they really didn't turn the ball over that much. Uh, 13 turnovers. And they also didn't foul. They played incredible defense without fouling. They only had 12 fouls for the whole game. um, Wow. Which is really a crazy number. Um, So those two things, coupled with the defense and Steven Adams, really helped them to win that game. And then the role players, like everyone... Like almost everybody hit a three. Everybody but Jeremy Grant and Ray Felton hit a three. So Hustis, Patterson, Ferguson all hit a three. Uh, Abrinas hit four of them. I mean, that was big time. Even Ferguson came in and played, you know, nine minutes and hit a three and didn't ap- didn't kill the team. He actually had the, the largest plus minus of that night, plus nine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. And that's not... It's just not. Good. I don't know if we'll ever have a game like that again, where we'll have yeah, all I mean, these guys hitting Forty-five percent from three. Yeah, I mean that. That's what buoyed this team. And yeah. you know, again, free throw line. They had some struggles. Uh, they shot sixty-two percent from the free throw line, which is just unacceptable. I think they're 29th in free throw percentage right now, uh, and they continue to just be at the bottom in all these shooting categories because the big three just continue to really suck. Uh, can we even call them the big three anymore? That's my no. question. No, the other day I texted the big three and put it in quotation marks because I felt yeah. <laughs> uncomfortable just calling them the big, you know, claiming them as the big three. Yeah. And it's mostly just because Melo, I don't know that he qualifies for that anymore. I think when you talk about the big three, it's it's got to be Adams in there and not Melo anymore. 
yeah, clearly Adams. I mean, we already said it. He's been the best player this year. Yeah. Uh, he's better than Melo. Personality-wise, though, it's still Melo. Melo's still so cool. I still love him. I still want him on my team. Shout out to Melo. So, but whose personality is better, Melo's or Steve's? Because I'd still say Steve's. Steve's, yeah, he has a better personality, but Melo is so is so cool, though. Like, there's just nobody cooler than him. I know, man. <laughs> you know what else is cool? Anthem. Anthem Brewing <laughs> Company. I, I guessed it. <laughs> uh, you can go today and get their brown ale with Elemental Coffee. They had their launch last night at Elemental, and they're launching today at the brewery. So go today. Grab yourself a growler of the brown ale with elemental coffee. You will not regret it. Um, if you had, if you went to the party last night, I'm sure it was a lot of fun. There's also something else that's going to be really fun. Taylor, December 23rd, Festivus is coming. Wow. And we're going to be there from yeah, 6 okay. to 7. I was going to, um, you see... I was going to unveil this for all of you guys today on the pod and like everyone's going to be really excited. Now it's just you and I'm glad you're excited, but we're going to be there from six to seven that night. We're doing an hour long miffed and peeved airing of grievances that night at, um, at Anthem in downtown OKC. So come join us. They're unveiling their new beverage Festivus. Taylor, tell me about Festivus. Festivus is a bourbon barrel aged holiday ale that they that they release um, every holiday, and so this is this is the date. The twenty third is when they release Festivus this year, and uh, it's a bourbon barrel ho- aged holiday ale. So they will age this ale in a, of course, like a whiskey barrel. Hey, what's the difference between a barrel and a cask? Like a whiskey cask could not tell you. Could well, anyway, not tell are, you. These are aged in whiskey barrels, and uh, man, it's it's really good. And I've had some other beers that have that they've aged in some whiskey barrels and even some wine barrels and stuff. And they're just they're so good. Really Anthem is good. so good at these specialty beers like this. Come check it out. Hang out with us. Some of you guys will be home for the holidays in OKC. Some of you guys will just be here and you have family in town. Bring them on down to the tap room. Grab yourself a beer. Hang out with us for a little bit. Um, we would love to see you there. Uh, Taylor, let's uh, let's go to some Twitter questions. Twitter questions! Okay. Uh this is Go from ahead. at N. Okay, it sounded like you really needed to say something there. Um, from at Instance Zero Zero, would you rather play in or watch the fabled Michael Cage Church Basketball League? And do you think that the games are more intense, interesting than the Thunder games at times this season, like Dallas or Mexico City? So, would you rather play or watch? And then, are they better than some of the crappy Thunder games? Uh, I'd rather play, and this is what I think Michael Cage is like in church league. I think he's really smiley and nice and, like, really friendly. And, you know, everyone's coming up trying to talk to him, be buddies with the, you know, with the retired NBA player that plays in their church league, blah, blah, blah. And he's great. And then if his team starts losing, I bet he gets a little too physical. Oh, my gosh. You know, you know, like, he can just switch on a dime. I don't, yeah, he's, you know, I don't know. Just hearing him on the broadcast, like, I'm a little bit afraid of him. Just because I don't, I don't know what he's thinking or what's going through his head or what he's going to do. Uh, I would stay away. I would sit, I would sit it out because I feel like he would also be, yeah, he's going to get too intense, but I also feel like he would be so vocal on the court because he, like, I played in the NBA. I'm going to, I'm going to tell everybody what to do and where to go. And I'm just not cool with that. Like, I just don't want that. If I'm playing church league, like pick up basketball, I don't want that. Like, leave me alone. Like, don't you don't have to yell at me everything that I do. And I feel like Michael Cage is about to yell at me about everything I do on the court. You know who would? Uh, I think Jay would get in a fight with Michael Cage if they played against each other. Oh my gosh, there would be so much, so much intensity. <laughs> I would. I definitely want to play with Michael Cage for all these reasons. Oh no. No way. I just want to be there. <laughs> Is it better? Uh, would it be better than watching one of the crappy Thunder games? Yes, because it would mean it means nothing, and I get to see a raging Michael Cage. Yeah, Michael Cage rage. He's been let out of the cage. <laughs> He's been let out of the cage, man. Church basketball <laughs> league. Um, 
I'm currently at a Holiday Inn Express at the uh, breakfast buffet area. And uh, they, really, have a, they got a buffet? Oh, yeah, man. I'm uh, disturbing a lot of people's nice breakfasts right now here at 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> He's been let out of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is NZ Thunder Guy. Why do you think we don't see the rotations from Golden State game more often where Adams goes out early and comes back with Paul George? I have only seen that a couple times since, and it works well. Also, Adams needs to play 48 minutes. True. <laughs> so true. If the, the Thunder would have won all their games if he played 48 minutes. Um, you know, I, these are... This is where like you feel smarter than Billy, and maybe we need to play the "I'm smarter than Billy Donovan" game right now. Uh, but the, I think they get a look at it, and they don't. I don't know. I don't know. If they want it on like every scouting report that this happens, and like have teams figure it out because I think sometimes Billy figures things out that works, and then it's like okay, he notes it, and then he tries to figure other stuff out. And I really believe that because if you look at the lineup data. It's so screwy because you have like three or four lineups that have like a good amount of minutes and then the rest of them, like you have no clue. <laughs> like the starting lineup, Russ, Robertson, Paul George, Mello, Adams, 319 minutes together. No other lineup has more than 84 minutes together. Um, and then like that, the 84 minutes is the, is the lineup that's been starting the past couple of games with a brain in there for Robertson. Uh, and then every other lineup is like you know, 10 minutes, 12 minutes. And like, I can't do anything with that. But, you know, Billy, Billy and his staff obviously like to use as many lineups as they can. They want to see what combinations work, what doesn't. I think they know that works. Uh, why they don't use it in every game, I, I don't know. Because you think you – wouldn't you want to win every game? <laughs> wouldn't that be a good strategy to try to win every game? Um but he really does use the regular season to experiment a lot. Uh, I'm as frustrated as everybody else is about him not using that lineup more, but uh, he he doesn't, but he should. I, I totally agree. I, it's a strategy that I thought that really worked to help keep the defense alive in the second quarter. Um, but yeah, they don't, they don't use it. Um, this is my, I, since we were talking about lineups, this is my favorite lineup right now. Uh, Raymond Felton, Terrence Ferguson, Paul George, Jeremy Grant, Patrick Patterson. Oh my you gosh. think, yeah, that could be a pretty bad lineup. In 11 minutes, they are negative 98.4 points. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How's that a thing? How's that a thing? That is crazy. This, this one's bad, too. You'd think this would be worse. In 20 minutes, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Stephen Adams, and Jeremy Grant. So I guess Paul George and Jeremy Grant are the wings and then whatever. Uh, in 20 minutes, they're minus 55. It's like, yeah, yeah, if you put Jeremy Grant in there, they would be minus 55. I get that. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I don't I don't know. I, I still feel like the Thunder need another guy. Uh, and I feel I feel like they're starting to use Abrinas in the right ways, and it's probably just because they like have no choice because Adre is sitting down. Um, I, get, I think we're going to get to some of these questions later, but you just would like to see... I don't. Know, I feel like Billy tries a lot of stuff, uh, but like the things that make sense in my head, sometimes he won't try them. Or if he does try them, he'll try them for like a game, and then they like go away. Um, but I am not that smart about basketball, so <laughs> I trust Billy more than I do myself. Uh, Josh M. Jeremiah, if Westbrook wasn't Star Wars, what side of the Force would he be on, and what NBA Hall of Famer would be the Yoda of the NBA? Kareem is Yoda. Kareem Yeah Kareem is kind of a jerk No he's not He is kind of that's what I've heard Really like if you meet him Mm-hmm. Oh really I, I just feel like he's the He's the retired NBA Like he writes books and he goes on News stations And he does all this like Social stuff mm-hmm. I feel like it's <laughs> you know? I, I feel like it's Kobe is it Kobe? Uh, I feel like Kobe thinks it's Kobe. Well, remember whenever he was giving everyone all these like goals at the beginning of the season? It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he's he saying like, Giannis, you, I want you to be the MVP, 
and said something to like DeMar DeRozan and like all these dudes. Like he I'll wants he wants to train people. He wants to train some some Jedi's. When when that was happening, I didn't think it was weird. But you bringing it up and and saying it in the way you did makes it sound so much weirder than when it was actually happening. Oh, it's it's so weird and Yoda, <laughs> so weird and Yoda y. That's true. Hey, remember when Kobe was giving everyone goals at the beginning of the season <laughs> that no one asked for? Right. He's just like publicly announcing what each player's goals should be. When it was happening, didn't think it was that weird. Now, okay, it's kind of weird. It's actually, so weird. Okay, on to more important things. Russ, what side of the force is he on? He's on he's on the dark side right now, man. He has no he has no discipline. He is not listening to Obi Wan, which is <laughs> Billy Donovan. Uh I don't know. He maybe he's just Anakin. Maybe he's struggling right now. He doesn't know. Oh no. I I think he is clearly uh a Jedi. Clearly. Really? Yeah, he's a He's he's got all the all the good qualities of a Jedi. He's loyal. He's fierce. He's a competitor. Um, I think he's a Jedi. I think he's I think he's good. He's good. You know. I think that obviously a guy like KD is on the dark side. He turned to the dark side. He t- he uh, he fell to his temptations to to leave to get a title with this team that would be unbeatable. Russ, no way. The and the Thunder. With Russ and the Jedi's are always always everything is stacked against them, and things are things have been stacked against Russ. That was last Dude. last season with Russ. Everything was stacked against him. Won the MVP. Russ is Anakin right now. He's he's struggling. See, I, I think he wants that. he wants to be good. He's making good decisions and he wants to be good, but you can tell on the floor he he just can't stick with it all the time. Every now and then he'll be in a fight and he'll do something a little not Jedi ish. And he'll he'll test with the dark side. He'll he'll taste the dark side, man. Man, I don't know. I don't think anybody that was tasting the dark side would have their arm around Matt Tumbleson listening to, to music and singing along during a press conference. <laughs> Remember, Anakin had some very good sweet moments. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. It he, makes me nervous. I hope he's not Anakin. He's such a weirdo. Anakin, not oh well, I guess Russ is a weirdo too, <laughs> thinking of Anakin Skywalker. What's the oh, actor? Yeah, what's, the, loves- what's the actor's name? I, Hayden Christensen. No, he didn't do any. He did not do anything else after that, did he? I don't know. He probably did Lifetime movies. Oh well, then he made it. He's a total he Lifetime actor. Uh, okay, <laughs> we can be done with that. Um, Hayden Christensen. I guess he did do stuff because that name sounds familiar. It sounds like a famous name. See, everybody like like Luke and. And Jay, who are sleeping right now, would know. They would know. But he made it because listen to these movies he was in: Jumper, Ninety Minutes in Heaven, which is about someone who dies and then sees heaven and then comes back. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. So he made it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> um, at OKC obstinacy. What would it take for Melo to move to the bench? Did we find a winning solution with not staggering any starters with the bench last game? Um, it's okay. We've talked about Melo to the bench so many times and said that's not the issue. It's not the what, problem. What is, what is the general feeling of Melo right now? Mine is not good at all. Everyone is very negative about Carmelo Anthony at this point. Everyone thinks he's not any good, that he kills the ball movement that he's not a good defender eh, and most of those probably true <laughs> yeah um you know I, I think i think that he can still really help this team but you do you do wonder if you put a low usage guy like patterson in the starting lineup who is not going to stop the ball he's actually one of the better ball movers on the team who can sit in the corner and space out and that's it. And he doesn't even have to shoot the ball more than like twice in a quarter. You just have to wonder what that would look like, you know. And then if you use Melo as like strictly a six man going against guys, you know, he could even play the three as the six man if you want. Uh, you just have to wonder what that what that would look like, and just have that scoring punch come off the bench. Uh, 
it, what it would take is Mello volunteering to do it. Because mm-hmm. if you're the Thunder, if you're Billy, you are not going to go to this Hall of Famer and people going, well, he doesn't have, Billy doesn't have any balls to do it. I got to grow some nuts and <laughs> get, get Mello to the bench. Like, it's not that easy. Like, it's just not. Um, you know, this is not Little League. This is not high school basketball where the coach can just yell and, like, make demands. Like, this is, make no mistake about it, the players have more power than the coaches do at this point. It will be much easier, and and mostly because Carmelo has a no-trade clause, to get rid of Billy than it would be to get rid of Mello. Like, that's... And Billy knows that. And if you lose Mello, you're going to lose a part of Paul George and Russ too, uh, because they respect him so much. And you can see it in the way they play, the way that they talk to him, the way they listen to him. They both, <clears throat> they both love Carmelo. And if you lose Mello, uh, that would be really bad. So the human element comes into this quite a bit. I don't, I still don't think that that, those starters are they're obviously not awful because they've been good together um they're like a positive like 58 or something like that on the season um total which is good uh so i i think it would be a nice experiment to see but again the thunder don't experiment with starting lineup unless there's injury um and you don't want to lose guys like you don't want to lose Robertson for the season because he's a even a bigger head case because he lost his starting job. You don't want to lose Mello because he's pissed that he's in Oklahoma City and coming off the bench for the first time in his career. Like you don't want to do that. Um, so I think they need to maybe more experiment with who finishes games. And I think that's something you can do. And I would like to see a lineup where they finish with Abrinas and Patterson at those spots with Adams, Russ, and Paul George. Because then you have shooting all over the court. You have two guys that are going to use the ball. And then you have the others that are either going to be, you know, guys you can kick out to or someone who's going to clean up all your messes and be your best defender on the court in Adams. Uh, I think that they should. I think that that is what they should do. Uh, the starting lineup, I don't think it's going to change, but I think that you've got to, you know, play around with who finishes games. And tonight will be probably a good a good time to do that. So, speaking of um, finishing games, how surprised were you that Josh Husis was getting in the defensive rotations at the very end of the game, and not Jeremy Grant with Robertson out? Yeah, because I just think that Houston's defense wings way better um, yeah. and can space out. Like, he hit a three in that game. Uh, Grant has just been awful from the, from there. I think Grant, to me, Jeremy Grant is a backup center at this point in his career. I, I don't think he's great as a four because he doesn't shoot it. Uh, and he's been, like, really good on the, you know, as a role man in a pick and roll. Um and so that did not really surprise me because I don't think he's a wing. I think he's a big, a really super skinny big, but he's a big. Um, and Houston is a wing. Like, Houston can play the three. And so, and the two even. So it didn't, I don't know, it didn't shock me that much. Yeah, I think what shocked me is that Billy was changing out offense, defense with Abrinas and Houston. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he wasn't just leaving Houston in all the time. But I think right. that surprised me because what we've seen up until now is that is Jeremy Grant getting that spot or that slot, you know, in, yeah. in lieu of Robertson or, or even next to Robertson sometimes. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I like it. I like, I Josh, liked it. I like Josh Houston. So I think he has potential to be a two way guy. Um, I don't know. The Robertson conundrum, like just keeps coming up, <laughs> know. you know, I mean, it's, it's getting, I don't know. It's just weird. He, they either need to start using him correctly or I would just love to see them use him like when McKelly and I talked about this on Monday, use him like the Celtics use Marcus smart where sometimes he's a starter. Sometimes he's coming off the bench. Sometimes he plays a huge role. Sometimes he plays a small role. I just would like to see that. I don't think they'll do it. Um, the organization loves Dre and what he brings on the defensive end. Um, and he's been great on that end for the most part this season. Uh, but his inability to move the ball and his inability to make quick decisions on the offensive end, it's not even the shooting at this point for me because I'm not, I'm never going to count on Robertson hitting shots. Like you just shouldn't, but 
if he's going to stay on the court, like he's got to be able to make a quick decision, whether it's two dribbles and a pass, whether it's just a quick touch pass to somebody um, or drive to the rim or whatever. Like he's just got to make a quick decision. And when the ball gets to him, you can tell that he's got those hundred choices in his head just rolling through and he can't figure out what to do. And then he often is just looking for Russ or Paul or somebody to get rid of it. And as a pro- it's, it's continues to be a problem. There are, I feel like there are people that love Andre Robertson and think that he can do no wrong and that he helps the team. And you know, you're crazy if you think that he, you know, shouldn't be on the court. And then there's people that are like, well, I can shoot better than Dre. So why is he even in the NBA? Uh, and I think that it's somewhere in the middle with, mm-hmm. with that, that he's a guy that's really helpful against teams like, you know, Golden State. And, you know, I think he'll be really helpful against Houston. Uh, but there will be times where he just doesn't need to be on the court. To me, I feel like he's like a 20-minute-a-night guy, and he's been more than that for the Thunder, and I think it's because they don't have enough wings, um, and if they could get one more wing, then he could become that, uh, or if they just use Abrinas more regularly. Um, but yeah, he continues to be a conundrum because he can't shoot the basketball, and so it'll be. It's just, it just is like this is just like the state of Andre. It's like we just keep rehashing this over and over and over again. And now that with him out and the defense keeping up and Abrinas coming through, not only with the three point shooting but that put back at the end. Uh, oh my gosh, that was. I mean, it was a really gutsy play. I, I think that it's. I think it's going to be a that. Coupled with his three-point shooting as of late, uh, is really massive for him uh, and his confidence to be, you know, a guy that can start in the NBA. Um, it's a huge deal. It's a big deal for this team. Yeah, and um, Robertson, you know, we this has been the discussion with him forever. What is it? Two, three years now. We've been talking about the same things, but. Also, this discussion has been for basically – we've had this discussion for basically every player on the team this year except for Steven Adams. Like if he, he just needs to do this better, he's been doing this really badly. Like this this whole – this season sucks, <laughs> basically. <laughs> this season sucks. Every game there's like – why why did this change in this way so dramatically or yeah. why is this player now playing like this mm-hmm. or why is this happening this like this season sucks last year was so much more fun yeah and a lot of it has to it's 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 all due to expectations right yeah, yeah to- completely it's like last year the expectation was man if we could do anything and win any games that would be super cool <laughs> And if we lose, we know why, because this team doesn't fit well. We can just, when they lose, all we, what we can do is just be mad at Kevin Durant. Like that's what we can do. And this year it's like, we're losing and we've got a great team. This is a really nice roster that fits pretty well together and they're, they just can't do it. And that it's, it's maddening because now that they have the talent, they're just not putting it together. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I I agree that it's it's a tough tough season, but it's still they're they're not even thirty games in yet. I'm not going to say like it's still early because it's really not early anymore. <laughs> but they, I, I I can see it coming together, and maybe people will think I'm crazy because I keep repeating myself and things aren't still aren't happening. But I still I can see it coming together. Yeah, I, I can still see it coming together, but. This season sucks. Yes. Yes. Um, This is from MRACE8804. Do you agree that the leaked picks of the fourth jersey make the Thunder look like an 80s rec league team? Hashtag bring back Sunset Unis. Do you want to bring back the Sunset Unis? Um, I feel like the, the new jerseys that they wore the other night are take the place of the sunset jerseys right right those are the best jerseys they've ever had so cool i i some people love the sunset jerseys. some people hate them i'm like yeah i don't care no sunset jerseys are not the new jerseys are the best jersey they've ever had yeah sunset jerseys they were they were whatever i'm with you like i don't really need to bring them back but did but you saw the leaked pic of the one from 2k i guess yeah uh 
I don't know what to think. I, I need to see them on a player. Like I need to see somebody wearing it before I can cast judgment. I would like to yeah. see like the shorts. I want to see. I want to see it all before I say that these are awful. Um, they are different. The Thunder are taking some risks here with their their jerseys, which I like, and that they're not keeping it just super bland. Um, but I would like to see it. I'd like to see it all first. Um, but I kind of like them. I kind of like them. I kind of like that they're a little risky. I can't decide yet. I don't get why they're using those streaks that have like nothing. I don't, I don't (laughs) get why they're involved in the logo at all. You know, those like orange and blue streaks that are behind this badge. Right. Like, I don't know what the worst part of the thunder is. Like, is it the basketball? It's a, it's a a Dorito. It is a Dorito, but is the worst part of this logo the basketball inside the Dorito, mm-hmm. or the or the uh, word art font, <laughs> or the streaks behind it that are like what are, what are those streaks? I don't know. And I'm, why are they on the jersey? It's not like it's not like the <laughs> like Trailblazers where it's like you can kind of you get why those diagonal uh, lines are there. You know? Yeah. But wh- why are the what are those streaks? They're not lightning bolts. No. They should be, though, right? <laughs> yeah, what are they? Why not Nike? Why, like, I don't know. I don't think I like this jersey at all. It does look like <laughs> 80s rec league, and it looks so strange. It looks like someone created it on 2K. Yes. I feel like the Thunder, when they made their logo, they said, all right, we need to someone to create something that looks like nothing. <laughs> yes. Will you... Well, <laughs> I just can't believe I just can't believe a prof- I think I know the the firm who did it here too. Yeah. And uh, we've talked about it a lot, but it is the more time passes, the worse it gets. It is like oh, yeah. the the least timeless thing I've ever seen in my life. And even when it came out, it was like that is nothing. That is I don't get what this is. Yeah, it, it's bad. They should have just named themselves the Barons. They really should have. That would have been great. Or the Bombers. Uh, oh, okay. Like Midwest City Bombers, man. Oh, okay. Black and yellow. You know you know they couldn't call them the Bombers. I mean, I know they couldn't, but it would be cool. <laughs> it would be cool if we didn't have a, a tragic history. I know they, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know they couldn't do it. I know they couldn't do it. I know, I know, I know, I know they couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying it would be cool. But the Barons was that was my name, the Oil Barons. And then you like have like this like you know oily mess of a mascot that's hilarious. He's always slipping. Like come on, Ooh, that would be good. Um, see, I, and I don't mind Rumble that much. I like Rumble. I think he's great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Why wouldn't you just use Thor as your mascot? Ooh, that's true. The God of Thunder. Come on, yeah. Like that. That's true. I don't know. They, is it, everything is, is like, this, they play everything way too safe, and it ends up just being, like, too bl- so bland. Yeah. Is a Thunder God Bison cool or not cool? So, like, a Thor Bison. Is that cool or not cool? Not cool. I don't know. I think it's cool. I don't know. Is Mickey Mouse dressing up as Darth Vader cool? Yes. All right. Next question from at Tim Kurtz. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Steve gave an interesting answer to Leslie's second question last night. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Did you listen to the interview? Yes. So the second question was about the third quarter. Um, and like what happened, you know, you guys are constantly losing leads in the third quarter. You know, you know, tonight you guys fought back, you know, what, what happened there? And Steve says that they lose discipline in the third quarter. In that they, when they see the other team making a run or hitting shots, that they often overreact to it. Um, and then basically, like a snowball effect happens where they just continue, like bad thing after bad thing, and the other team continues to roll. Um, but he said they stay disciplined, uh, which is interesting. What are, what are your thoughts on it? I think he's probably right because we've, we've talked about this over and over. Why does it change in the third quarter? Well, it, maybe it changes in the third quarter because now there are points on the board as opposed to the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And now it's and it's closer to the fourth quarter, which is closer to the end of the game. So now it's not, oh, well, it's the start of the game. We have time to figure this out. 
Now it's the third quarter. Oh, this team is going on a run, or oh, they hit two threes in a row. We got to nip this in the bud really quick because you know it's closer to the end of the game, and so. I can I can hear I can see them overreacting. We can see them overreacting. Mm-hmm. And then I thought that was a great point. You overreact and then you get out of your defensive, you know, schemes or offensively what you're trying to do. And the next thing you know, everything is messed up. Steven Adams is a he's a brilliant person. And yeah. I every time I hear him talk I and mean, anytime he like breaks down X's and O's like I kind of wish he was the alpha of the team because I feel yeah. like he could really steer this team in the right direction. Um, and I'm not saying that like Russ, Russ is obviously brilliant as well. Um, but I think he is so emotional and like reacts so emotionally to things where I don't think Steven does that. Um, but, but in the same stance, I don't think that Steven has like the confidence that either you know that Russ or Carmelo have I'm not sure that Paul George has that either um but you kind of wish that he did because he knows exactly what they need to do and I'm sure that this season as frustrating as it has been for Thunder fans I'm sure it's been incredibly frustrating for Steven Adams and you can even like hear it in his tone throughout um that interview and I'll retweet it so everybody can see it um, but he's just like, man, I just want to, like, we just want to win. I just want to win games. Um, and you can just feel it kind of wearing on him. Like he's had an incredible season, best of his career, 21 PER, all that great stuff that we've already mentioned. Um, but still he's not, he's definitely just so mad that they're not winning and he's putting in all this effort and they're still not winning. Um, so I'm sure it's been incredibly frustrating for him, but yeah, yeah. he's, he, this team for the most part knows what they need to do um but the executing it uh becomes tough in tight moments because i feel like they just fall back on their bad habits Mm -hmm. and this is from timothy kurtz too this is uh, another quote from that same steve interview with leslie uh from steve wins are always fun we need them don't get me wrong but we gotta enjoy playing and so, and he talked about, you know, how at some point during that game, the Indiana game, he's like, guys were out there smiling. We were having fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it was good to see the boys smile again, mm-hmm. which was like the most Steve thing he could say. Yeah, for sure. Good to see the, good to see the boys smile again. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, I mean, it's not fun to watch. And usually when games are not fun to watch, it's because players aren't having fun playing. Right. And so I think that's a really good point too, is the Russ, Mello, and PG are not having fun together, and they need to figure out how to have fun together. <laughs> they'll, they'll have fun when they start making shots. I guarantee. Right. Like right. the like the Warriors game, super fun, and like that game shows you, like, oh, it is possible for this team to make shots and for them yeah. to stomp a team. Um, like the Warriors game is, it's been really. It was good for them to see that, but I. I don't know. I, I felt like at the beginning of the season and that game, I feel like their mentality is like, oh, we've already achieved something. You know, like we, I don't know. I, I just feel like they need to work harder to get better shots and they just need to make their shots, like period. And and I feel like they are working hard to get better shots. I feel like they've just missed a lot of them recently. Uh, and I'm hopeful that soon those shots will start to fall. Um but yeah, and they talked a little bit about that. Did you hear the interview about that Mello had about them missing shots? Um, did you hear what, what he had to say? Uh-uh, no. so, so he basically said that they're getting the ball in spots that they never have in their career. And they're just not used to it. And it's taking time for them to be comfortable taking like these like open three-pointers. And um, that they just don't feel comfortable. Like they're... they're their shots that they haven't you know taken in their career and i feel like some of that's true but i also feel like russ is missing so many shots that he made last year um so i buy some of that um but i don't feel like it's the whole story and i feel like some of it's just mental yeah and they're also missing shots that they've taken their entire career like paul george from mid-range missing everything oh he misses so many mid-range shots Mello forces the team to give him shots that he's comfortable taking and he's yeah. still missing those. Russ is missing at the rim at a rate that he's never missed at before. So, I mean, I get I hear Mello, but also that's not what's it. That's not the picture. That's yeah. not the full picture. Right. I it's it's certainly part of it and 
you know, the dynamic is different, but I, I mean, I guess if you're trying to explain it, like maybe that's a way to explain it, but it's just still, I don't know. It's still very, very weird. Russ, right? Russ from uh, three to 10 feet, you know what he's shooting? Mm, God, what? 11%. 13%. That, that's insane. 13% on the season. Um, it's really bad. He he's he's not taking that many shots from from that range, which is good. So he's uh, at the rim from zero to three feet. He's fifty nine percent. Okay, which is actually pretty. I mean, it's better than he was last year. He was yeah. fifty seven last year. That's better than I thought he was doing this yeah. year. Um, and then from three, he's thirty one percent, which yeah. is kind of like typical Russ. Right. Um, but yeah, that. I mean, from ten to sixteen feet too, and this is wh- this is where Russ gets a lot of shots, uh, or at least he has in his career. Thirty-one um, percent from there, and he's well above forty percent. You know, last season, season before, and before that. Um, so I feel like that's where he's just missing a ton. So, mm-hmm. and that was that was like one of the most reliable parts of his game too. Yeah. Was that mid-range jumper would just stop and pop really quick, mm-hmm. and that became uh, you know close to automatic for him. Yeah, and a huge part of his offensive game. So mm-hmm. that's that sucks if that isn't going in. Right, and he's Russ is mostly, you know. I think Houston would be really happy with the um, the shots that he's taking because he's taking most of his shots at the rim or from three. Ooh. So, so at the rim, 34% of his shots come from zero to three feet. Um, 28% of his shots come from three. And then 8% come from three to 10 feet. 13% from 10 to 16 feet. And then from 16 feet, to 16, feet 16 feet to the three-point line, 16. So... Um, shot just distribution it's fine uh but he's just got to start making them like he just has to 28 percent from three a little high for me um a little too many shots for russ some yeah i mean against like memphis like he was uh, one of 12 or something like that and it was yeah. pretty pretty bad uh, that's typical that's <laughs> typical russ um, yeah, if he's but if he can like bump that up to like thirty two, thirty three percent like he was last year, I have no issue with him taking threes because it just puts more pressure on the defense. Like if rest, people are like, he needs to stop shooting threes. Like no, like that would be awful for the Thunder. Like that would be really, really bad. If you if you have a point guard in this NBA, it's so hard to be a winning team if your point guard doesn't shoot threes. Uh, I feel like I feel like he needs to keep taking them. Um, and yes, before you tweet us, we know Ben Simmons doesn't shoot threes. Yeah, and, okay, eventually, and eventually that's going to catch up with them. That's a, that's going to catch up with Ben Simmons. I think that, and he's going to have to develop a three point shot. I just and think, he's also six ten. So, like when you're yeah. that large playing that position, too, that changes how you need to play as well. Yeah, and he's he plays point guard on offense. He's definitely not a point guard on the defensive end. He, he's a I mean, he's definitely more in the mold of like a LeBron type guy, um, but yeah, I mean, look at—I mean, there aren't many point guards in this league that can't shoot threes that are successful. You know, like there's—it's—I don't know if Rajon Rondo could do what he does. You know, Ricky Rubio, um, Alfred Payton. I mean, these dudes haven't had a ton of success, and I know Rondo did back in the day, but that was the—it was a different era. Uh, DJ Frijoles, in honor of playing Philly Friday night, if you could give any non-Golden State player the double birds during a game, who would you pick? Hmm. Who Who are you picking? Mason Plumley. Oh, okay. Uh, he's got the annoying big white guy factor. Um, and he's—I don't know. I just am like, you know, screw you, Mason Plumley. Yeah, he's got annoying teeth. I like in my he head. Does. I think he has like way horsier teeth in my in my head than he does in real life. But yes, I mean, I? the fact that like your you know that my brain can do that to you makes you annoying. You know, <laughs> well, my I have a friend that's a Nuggets fan, uh, and he just just hates Mason Plumley so much, and I just want to do it for him. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> then mine's Jason Smith. Oh yeah, the widow's peak. 
I can't stand. It's the widow's peak that does it for me. It is. One, he's an annoying white guy who like gets pumped up and makes weird, <laughs> uh, like angry white guy faces. <laughs> that makes me so mad. Yeah. And he's had some dirty plays in the past too. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's the widow's peak of, of all of it. It's the widow's peak. Ooh. I don't know why. I don't know why. What is it about that? It's piercing to your oh. soul. It's so dramatic. It is. It's like a very dramatic widow's peak. Yeah. It's very Dracula of him. Yeah, he deserves a double bird. Um, Brent Potter at Brent Potter. What comes first, twenty wins, or twenty losses, or twenty-five wins? Sorry, I chose such arbitrary numbers. Hmm. Uh, 20 losses is going to come first. Oh, next question from a Jared KW13. Who's most likely, who's the most likely player to be traded on the roster? Who should be the player that gets traded? Assuming we are improving the team for the playoffs and you can't count Kyle. Hmm. That should be okay. a, that should be a rule for like life. You can't count Kyle. You can't count Kyle. Um, Okay. Uh, I don't do you have someone I'm nervous to say mine Uh, Jeremy Grant okay Jeremy Grant Grant. yeah he's uh, he's not on a controllable contract maybe Josh Hustis could qualify for this too but I think Jeremy Grant Um, just because I think like with Patrick Patterson getting better I just don't think that I feel like Patrick is a better fit for this team overall. I think that Jeremy's been better than him, obviously, this season. Uh, I feel like he's been really good, uh, and I think he can help them in a Golden State series. But if if some other team is like, hey, like we could use him, we could use his bird rights to resign him, blah, 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 great, you can have him. The Thunder could use another wing, and he's just not a wing. So. Mm-hmm. So that's your answer for who is the most likely player to be traded, and that's your answer for who should be the player that gets traded. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, I also think they should really look at trading Terrence Ferguson if if there okay. if there are teams that value him. Um, I just don't know that this particular squad can afford to play the long game that Sam Presti's always wanted to play. Um, also coupled with the fact like we just don't know if Terrence Ferguson is going to be any good. Like we just don't know. Uh he is very, 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 very skinny. And that worries me. Um he's basically only a two guard at that you know, because of his slightness. So I don't know. I I think that they should look at trading him. Uh but I think the most likely guy to be dealt is Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna say Paul George? No, I wasn't gonna say Paul George. What are you gonna say? <laughs> uh, who should the th- okay for the first time this season after this last game uh-huh. I I really had the thought do they talk about trading Mello and should they well he's a tr- he has a no trade who are you going to trade him to you going to trade him to I Houston don't know. he has a no trade yeah okay that's correct well then let's move on <laughs> would you trade him to Houston for Ryan Anderson uh I don't know. Houston would love that. Yeah. Um, I think I think I would. <sighs> wow, Ryan Anderson actually has actually been really awesome this season, and I don't know that Houston would do it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Which is oh, kind of crazy. I don't know. I don't. I honestly, I don't know. Because he's been better defensively this season, uh, he's slimmed down a little bit. If you if you've seen him lately, the dude he looks he looks a lot better than he did last year, and he's hit like a crazy amount of threes this season, um, and he just fits very well. And I think come playoff time, that you probably might rather have Mello, um, but Ryan Anderson, he's been really really solid this season, mm-hmm. so. Uh, I, I think what's bothering I think it's been okay for me until now because it is getting it's not like the beginning of the season anymore mm-hmm. and it's still it's still like mellow you are still not being like the role player that like everyone knows you should be on this team right you know like you're still not doing it and you're still looking off good passes so that you can drive to the lane and put up some heavy wonky slow left-handed like layup that's definitely not going to go in (laughs) and you're definitely not going to get a call and 
I don't know. It's that that stuff now is starting to bother me very recently. Yeah. Ryan Anderson, six point seven three point attempts, forty percent from three. And I know Ryan Anderson likes post ups kind of too. Like he takes that fadeaway jumper and stuff. But I don't know. I I don't know, man. And all this could change tonight for me. This is purely emotional and very recent. Yeah, I am not on the mellow hate train. Uh, And maybe that's just because I'm just blown away by his coolness. But I do think that ultimately he will help this team come playoff time. I don't I think that he just allows his team to put the best five players on the court. And I know that defensively he's a weak spot, but I just I I still think that he could be helpful. Um, And I think that ultimately he will take a backseat to a guy like Steven Adams. Um, So I'm a fan. I like him. I know that he's been crappy at times, but. Uh, I'm, still, crappy, I'm still a believer. No. I'm still a believer. Uh, it's a hard conversation to have. To be honest with you, I shouldn't have brought it up because I'm not ready to go on one side or the other. Well, right I now. just look at I just look at the Golden State game and what he was able to bring versus that team. Right. And exactly. You, and you have a guy like Canner, or you have a guy like Ryan Anderson, and you can't play those guys against Golden State. Like, you can't play them against Draymond Green. He defended Draymond Green well, uh, and he also frustrated him to no end. Um, And I know Melo's not going to shoot like that every game against the Warriors, but just having the option to have a guy like that, I just think that's um, a big deal. I hear you. Um, Jade's going to give me so much crap for this. uh, From at Bangelope, any holiday plans? Uh yeah, not special ones. Where are you right now? I'm in um, Springfield, Missouri. My sister is getting married today, and so congrats to my sister who may or may not listen to this podcast. Wait, which sister? My sister Hillary. My uh, my younger sister Jill is already married. Oh right, that's right. Yeah. Hillary. Oh, the sister that no one knew you had. The, the sister that Jay didn't know I had. And I didn't know you had it till your brother told me. Yeah, she's she's lived here for a, for like twelve years. So, uh, what's how's Springfield doing? A lot of personal information coming out right now. Um, <laughs> uh, Springfield is cold, and we got here um, when it was dark, so I don't know much about it yet. <laughs> But uh, we're we're doing some Christmassy time with my family. We're going to see a Christmas play in Branson, Missouri, uh, aka Christian Vegas. So it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good Christmassy time here. But then kind of regular Christmas stuff um, here pretty soon. But okay, great. Uh, we had some great answers. Some great answers for you, Bangelo. Thanks for the question at Fat Stenson. How much money would you have paid to see Doris Burke shove the ref's face away when he vomited that nonsense to her about the overturned charge? So this was against... I was watching on Fox Sports, by the way. Yeah. I, yes, I was too. This is against Indiana. Right. So I guess... So I don't really know the story behind this. This is just what the ref said to Doris Burke about why that Josh Hustis charge was overturned. That was so dumb. It just seemed like a. I, I just hate that they. I, I hate that they have the option to overturn it because there's such like fifty fifty calls, and that one was one of them. Where like you could see it being a charge, you could see it being a block. I don't know. Like it's it's one of the hardest. It's one of the hardest calls in basketball, and just the fact that you can call it one way and then overturn it. I, I don't know. I felt like that one was a little bit questionable, and I feel like yeah. they should have just kept it like it was. Um, but I would love to see Doris Burke punch anyone in the face, because I love Doris Burke. I'd just pay money to see Doris Burke right now, just to look at her. You have a big crush. You got a big crush. I got a weird crush on Doris Burke. There's something. There's definitely something a little uh, fetishy about it, that's for sure. Yeah, that's gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> From uh, I did that for you, Luke. <laughs> from at Bird Terrifier, which is a great Twitter handle. Uh, their passing is looking more fluid, right? Or are these ineffectual passes? 
just for looks so Billy doesn't so Billy D will get off their backs. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey guys, just pass four times and then we can do whatever we want. That's right. Now they're really trying. Like I really I really see them trying to generate good shots. Uh, they're running sets. They really are trying. They're getting good shots. They've gotten a ton of good shots in the last like five or six games. Uh, but the ball isn't falling, and that's a. I mean, that's that's just it. Like the problems will be solved when this team just starts making shots. Um, I feel like they're getting good enough shots to you know shoot a, a good percentage, um, and that's been a maddening process for the team as well as the fans. Yes. Uh, Taylor. Yeah. I have a question for you before we get to that question. Oh. I'll tell you about something that's really, really awesome. Oklahoma Shirt Company. Well, ask me the question now. Uh, how much do you love Oklahoma Shirt Company? We're we're not not yet, man. Not yet. Oh. Oh. Okay. No, we're, I said before we get there. Okay, uh, Oklahoma Shirt Company. They're a local print shop in Oklahoma City. They can print you t-shirts. Maybe you have an idea. You're like, oh, I have this idea of this inside joke that I have with my cousin, and I would love to have that on a t-shirt. Uh, Oklahoma Shirt Company can do that for you. Or if you work for a church or a school or something like that, and you're like, oh, my club needs you know a hundred shirts, they can also do that for you. So go check out Oklahoma Shirt Company today. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can find them and contact them there. Uh, so you should you should really check them out because they make a quality product. They're easy to work with. If all you have is an idea about a shirt, they can make it happen for you with their graphic designers. Uh, quality product, great people. Also check out their shirt of the month club. So if you want a cool shirt that makes you look and feel cool every month sent to your doorstep, $10 a month plus taxes and fees and you get yourself a cool dude shirt every month. Now, Taylor, are you miffed? And are you peeved? Miffed! 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 Miffed and peeved! Uh, no, I'm not. First, I'm going to tell a story about someone who got miffed at me. Okay. So, uh, I got a rental car to drive up here, and I... So I took my family to the mule and we got it to go and we're all like eating in the car because we're trying to get out of town. And I have all this trash from the mule and it's like a lot because they put them in those like big boxes, uh, the food in the big boxes. So I'm, right. I'm carrying in like what is piled like from my hands up to my face and trash. And I walk into the rental car place and the trash can that's in the rental car place is full <laughs> and so I look at the lady that's sitting behind the counter and I just say, I've got a lot of trash. <laughs> and she just <laughs> stares at me so mad. And she does not say a word to me. And I just am like, is there any way you can help me throw this away? <laughs> I have nowhere to put this. And she just stares at me for a good, like, two minutes, just dead silent. I'm like, you've got, like, extra trash bag or a trash can in the back or something. <laughs> she, like, she wouldn't say anything to you? She got up and didn't say a word and went and got a trash bag, held it open. This whole time, she didn't say anything to me. Oh, my God. And she ended up not being the person that was going to help me get my car. It was another guy, but she just held it open. And she was so mad at me, so <laughs> miffed and peeved at me for bringing all this trash to her hurt store. <laughs> she does not get paid enough for you to do that. No, she does not. Um, <laughs> so that was someone who's really miffed at me. Someone that I'm really miffed at today is Luke Stevens at Suk Levens yeah. on Twitter. So we're trying to make a plan for this p particular podcast that you're listening to right now. And I'm like, hey, if we could record at 730 or 8 o'clock in the morning, that'd be great. I'm on, you know, I'm out of town and we can't do it in person. You know, that would be awesome. I had to drive all day yesterday. Uh, that'd be great. And Luke says, I, Luke really wants to be on the show. Great. You know what? I'll make a sacrifice for you. I'll get up early in the morning. He says he needs to record starting at 6.15. I'm like, okay, that sucks. And so I end up getting up at like, you know, 5.30 and I get ready. I get all my stuff down here. I'm, in, I'm sitting right here in the middle of this breakfast buffet of all these people eating right now. Um, 
and I'm sitting down and I get a text from Luke that says, I can't be on the pod today because I went and saw Star Wars last night, which was the reason that Jay wasn't going to be on the show. And he just said flat out, I'm not going to be on it because uh, he saw like a late show of Star Wars. Um, and then Luke did the same, but he bails on us at 6.16 a.m. One minute later than he asked us to even be on the podcast. I would have loved to pot at 8 o'clock. I would have loved to pot at 7.30, get a little bit more sleep, been a little bit more ready for this. Luke didn't have to be on it. Sure. And then Jay just texts us right now that Jay could have been on it had we waited till 8 o'clock. So, Luke, I'm miffed at you. So peeved at you. I'm seriously so mad. Luke, you owe us a lot. He owes us a lot. He, he owes does. you more than he owes me because I ended up being late anyway. But uh, this podcast could have been something else, you know? It should have been. It should have been something else, that's for sure. There is a uh, lost pod right here. We could have at least had Jay on here, too. Uh, screw you, Luke. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Hopefully, we get some thunder winds, and we'll talk to you guys again on Monday.